The Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Today on Top of the Stretch, we continue our series of podcasts on the breeding industry in the state of Ohio. With us today is Scott Hagemeyer, who operates Hagemeyer Farms located in Clarksville, Ohio. Scott, welcome to today's Top of the Stretch. Thank you, Roger. Pleasure, pleasure to be here. Hagemeyer Farms was founded by your grandfather, Maynard, back in 1957. And I understand he kind of traded two burros and a pony and a hog feeder for a broodmare, and her name was Miss Wendale. But Maynard also had some other interesting lifetime work prior to getting into the breeding industry here in Ohio. He was uh, well-rounded in what he did in the, with his life, uh, even before harness racing, wasn't he? Absolutely. Um, my grandfather lived a very full life. Uh, he actually, uh, of interest, he was born in the home that he, uh, he took his last breath in. So Grandpa was uh, he was born November twenty second, nineteen eighteen. He was uh, physically born in the same bedroom uh, that he took his last breath in. Grandpa was the youngest of four children, and uh, again born nineteen eighteen. He graduated high school just a few miles from the farm in nineteen thirty six. Again, it's a very full life. So as a young man, he had a, a lot of passion for Percherons and Belgians. And in 1940, he took a load of Percherons and Belgian horses down to South America through the Panama Canal. Um, interesting enough, as he returned into the States, uh, the United States mandated that he register for the draft for World War II. So in 1941, he was drafted into the Army, served a total of five years, with about two and a half years of that uh, across the country, across the, the pond, as they say, in North Africa and Italy. He attained the rank of captain and of real interest to a lot of folks that follow history. Uh, he actually served under General George Patton while in North Africa. Um, interesting enough, before he got shipped overseas, he and a buddy of his picked up a telephone book, flipped to a completely random page, and dialed a completely random phone number. Uh, that phone number ended up being my grandmother, Stella's roommate. And that turned into a first blind date, uh, as, as completely random as you can imagine. And grandma and grandpa were married uh, in the ballpark of 71 years. You know, so, I'll interrupt right there one thing. Let's talk about your grandmother just for a second. Stella Hegemeyer uh, was 
someone that was very big in my career uh, as an announcer when I started in 1960 because she was a clerk, of course, at so many county fairs in the state of Ohio, and I worked with her for a period of about a month and a half each year at places like uh, Xenia, Wilmington, Washington Courthouse, Troy, Greenville. Uh, she loved harness racing, and she really loved what she uh, did with the sport, didn't she? She absolutely did. You know, she Everybody that knew my grandmother knew that she was just a ray of sunshine anywhere she went. And uh, she just had such a magnetic personality that, uh, you know, she never met a stranger. She was always very welcoming, very open-armed to to anybody she met. And, uh, you know, Roger, I I know she really had fond memories of you, uh, you know, just your working together for all those years. And, yeah, Grandma actually served in that capacity for, for about 10 county fairs for a term of almost 40 years. And um, that actually turned into um, her affiliation with the Ohio Colt Racing Association, our fair circuit, as the secretary treasurer, where she served there for nearly 28 years. So, yeah, she she was very, very neat and organized. And uh, I know Lisa Swartz, who serves in a portion of that capacity now, has commented multiple times how she just does not understand how my grandmother handled that position uh, you know, prior to computers <laughs> because, uh, you know, obviously the, the completely different world we're into today. But, uh, yeah, she, she really, really had a, a strong passion for doing that. She loved the people. She loved the, uh, you know, traveling and doing that kind of work. You know, uh, your grandpa, Maynard, lived to be 98 and passed on in 2017 and Stella 96 years old passing just about a year later in 2018 mm-hmm. and uh they meant so much to the state of Ohio and harness racing uh they'll be remembered by folks for many many years for uh their efforts in our sport uh absolutely well go ahead Oh, uh, well, I was just going to say that uh, actually the Ohio Harness Horsemen Association Board of Directors was very gracious uh, several years ago to uh, create a potentially annual award in memory of my grandparents. Uh, it's titled the Maynard and Stella Hegemeyer Significant Contribution Award. And uh, my dad and my daughter and I were extremely uh, fortunate to be able to present that first award to state represent, former state representative Jim Beakey, uh, who was also a family friend and just an enormous instrument in Ohio harness racing in our legislature for a lot of years. You know, I've known your, your dad, Mel, for a number of years. Uh, he also, uh, I remember, worked for Castleton Farm and uh, was a caretaker for them and instrumental at the Warren County Fair and uh, a Lebanon Raceway. How did he get involved with Lebanon Raceway and the Carlo family? Well, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, the, the Carlo family has been literally just family friends of ours forever and ever. I know Lou Carlo 
my dad, Mel, are about as close of friends as anybody can imagine. Um, I, you, know, you mentioned uh, you know, some of dad's previous involvement, and uh, yeah, he actually went down to Castleton Farms in Florida in the early, um, the early 1968 as a stallion handler. Uh, he was, unfortunately was injured very seriously by a stallion named Queen's Adios, uh, who was well known to be an extremely aggressive stallion. Uh, and Dad suffered uh, physical injury to his right hand that he still deals with today. Um, so after that injury, he came back, and you know, due to the physical limitations of that arm, uh, you know, he opted to do more of the administrative roles. So he served as a paddock judge and associate judge at Latonia in the late 60s, and I believe that's where he actually got to meet um, Lou, Carlo, and the Carlo family, um, that kind of progressed into starting at uh, Lebanon Trotting Club, which is one of the meets for Lebanon Raceway, in the program department. Uh, he, became, he was promoted to program director in 1976, a position that he maintained until he retired in 2013. Uh, during that time frame, he prepared programs for upwards of 20 county fairs, uh, starting in the mid-'80s. Um, in the late-'80s, he was actually promoted to director of operations for Lebanon Trotting Club. And in 1992, he was promoted to general manager, uh, again, a position he maintained uh, until 2013 when he retired. Uh, he actually served Lebanon Raceway for approximately 45 years. And, and during that time frame, he also served on the uh, Warren County Fair Board from 2002 until 2018. So, uh, oh. And he actually still serves in a bit more of an advisory role for Hegemeyer Farm. So, you know, he and I, uh, you know, have a lot of conversations about current stallions, future stallions, the direction we would like to see the farm go in uh, again today, tomorrow, five and ten years from now. Uh, so, you know, he, he's just an enormous asset, and, uh, you know, the opportunity to get to work with my dad in that capacity is, uh, it, it, it's, it doesn't seem like work when, you're, you know, when you get to enjoy what you're doing. Now, the farm, I'm sure, has increased in size and taken in other property. Uh, how, how large is Hagemeyer Farms present day? Uh, well, yeah, as you can imagine, it's changed quite a bit in the host of different um, businesses that have, have been offered here. Um, it's presently in the ballpark of about 118 acres. Uh, the horse operation is a little smaller than that, but uh, you know we do uh, we lease some of the property for commercial crops. Um, a portion of the property actually has a one half mile racetrack on it, which my grandfather installed back in the late '60s when he and my grandmother and their four children uh, were all uh, training and racing horses out here. The breeding season for 2021 is rapidly approaching, and this year I understand you're going to have five stallions 
standing at Pegamar Farms. Uh, one, the trotter, Break the Bank K. Uh, tell us something about Break the Bank K. Well, I, you know, of course, as a racehorse himself, he was a world champion stakes winner. Uh, he won the Breeders' Crown final, plus an elimination of the $1 million Canadian Trotting Classic as a three-year-old. Uh, and obviously from a breeding perspective, you know, he's a sire of multiple Ohio sire stakes winners, uh, you know, just and just to name a couple of those, Looking for Zelda, lifetime earnings over 439000 Party on the Bank, lifetime earnings over four hundred. Dylan the Great in more recent years, 228000 and real recently jogging to the bank, $190,000. Uh, the, the owners are um, based out of uh, – Pennsylvania, and you know they're, yeah, they're they're proud to have Break the Bank K sit you know this this market in the Ohio breeding business. On the pacing side, we've got let's start with Knob Hill High. Well, Knob Hill High is a, you know, he is just an absolutely gorgeous looking horse. Um, you know, he. It, he raced quite a long time, raced uh, nine years, has lifetime earnings of a mil- over a million dollars. He's one of the few stallions that actually has uh, a million-dollar pedigree across the board. So he is uh, hes a son of McCardle, who's obviously very well-known across the state of Ohio. Uh, McCardle made well over $2 million during his racing career. Knob Hill High is the last foal out of the – Dan Patch, Philly of the Year, Annie Crombie, who was sired by Ad, Abercrombie. And Annie Crombie has lifetime earnings over $1,400,000. Uh, so, again, you're literally talking a $1 million pedigree. The really phenomenal thing about Knob Hill High is out of three racing crops, so not the yearlings, not the, just the ones that have actually raced on the track, his, his average earnings, Per starter exceed sixty eight thousand dollars. There's not too many pacing stallions on the planet that can uh, claim that that type of success, and certainly not in Ohio. Western Terror is another one of your pacing stallions. He is now Western Terror is uh, is about as proven of a horse as they can, as you can get. Uh, Western Terror will actually be 20 years old in the 2021 breeding season. Some folks get a little concerned about semen quality. Uh, I can assure you that Hegmar Farms takes a lot of pride in making sure that uh, we are shipping out the best quality semen available. And Western Terror, uh, regardless of his age, has a very good semen quality up till recently. So, and I anticipate that to maintain in 2021 as well. Uh, Western Terror has 12 of his foals with earnings over a million dollars, and 277 of them with earnings over $100,000. Uh, again, you know, you're talking a little bit of age to him, but you're talking a proven pedigree that is absolutely unmatched. You got two new stallions this year at Hagemar Farms. Uh, Let's start off with Fool Me Once. Yeah, Fool Me Once, we're, we're pretty excited about. Um, the owners are based in Michigan, and, of course, their breeding program is, is not near what it is here in Ohio. Um, 
Fool Me Once has got a fairly extensive racing career. Uh, he raced through his 10-year-old year, but he's got really good earnings and records as a young horse. So uh, as a two-year-old, out of 10 starts, earnings over 127000 As a three-year-old, earnings over 507000 uh, and some pretty significant earnings per racing season since then. Um, Fool Me Once is the only son of Art Major currently standing in the state of Ohio. Uh, again, he's brand new to the breeding business, so he, you know, uh, interesting enough, he produces a very nice outcross opportunity. Because again, he's a son of Art Major, out of a really phenomenal mare, fool that I am, uh, who has several very significant foals to her credit. And uh, Fool That I Am is a daughter of Jenna's Beach Boy. So uh, Fool Me Once in his own right was a multiple stakes winner at two and three, including the International Stallion, the Bluegrass Stakes, multiple legs in New York Sire Stakes, New York Championship Sire Stakes, Simcoe, and his North America Cup elimination, where he took his three-year-old record of 148-1, earnings uh, $1,127,000 plus. And also added to the stallion ranks at Hagemeyer Farms, uh, new to the breeding uh, industry, Rodeo Romeo. Yeah, Rodeo Romeo is, uh, you know, he. we're kind of excited to have him. You know, we, we put him at a different price point in the market, and we think there's going to be a really strong demand for him at that price. Uh, you know, at only $1,500, he offers a tremendous amount of pedigree. Uh, he's a gorgeous-looking horse. Uh, and again, he's never bred before. He's got lifetime earnings of just over three hundred sixty-six thousand dollars, but he has a three-year-old record of one fifty and three um, on a mile track in it, and a one forty-nine and two mark on a five-eighths mile track. So again, he's a son of Rock and Roll Hanover out of an Arts Place dam. We all know that Western Hanover on the top side and Arts Place on the bottom side is one of the most commercial, uh, successful pedigrees of any stallion on the planet. So uh, you know, we're excited to have this horse here. He was an open and invitational horse during his racing career. Uh, and actually, his one of his highest earning years was as a six-year-old. Uh, and that was after coming off of a significant race injury as a five-year-old with several screws in his knee. So, uh, again, very nice-looking horse, well-built horse, well-put-together horse, and we're excited to see what he brings to the Ohio breeding market. Hagemeyer Farms is a breeding farm, basically. You don't have a lot of mares. We understand you've got two mares, and you keep the foals and get into the racing business as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we we have a completely different business model than um, most of our commercial competitors. Um, you know, again, we only own two mares, and one of them is the daughter of the first one. So um, we've, we've, we've been kind of pretty fortunate. Uh, this particular mare that I've got is a daughter of the Pandarosa, and uh, she's produced uh, some pretty significant foals. As a matter of fact, uh, out of her first foal, four of racing age. Um, her most significant was the 2018 Ohio Pacing Colt of the Year, High on Paydays, uh, who is a son of Knob Hill High. 
you know, that colt was bred, born, and raised here. Uh, we have a half-mile track on the farm, so I actually uh, broke the colt, and uh, Brian Brown and his team uh, trained the horse and raced the horse as a two- and three-year-old. Uh, this mare has also produced a couple World of Rock and Roll foals uh, that have got earnings over $100,000. So uh, her, what would now be three-coming four-year-old Philly, uh, full sister to High on Paydays, I uh, had some unfortunate luck in her, as it, when, while she was in training, uh, but we thought enough of her to retain her, and she is currently in fold Western Terror. Uh, but, yeah, as a general rule, we just we, we like to be able to offer our breeding services, breeding, boarding, full care services uh, for outside clients. You know, some of our larger commercial competitors uh, don't accept outside horses. So, you know, we're able to fit that niche in the market uh, you know, where there's, again, there's, there's clearly a demand, and that's been a, a successful business model for us for quite a few years. So mostly your clientele, uh, more times than not, uh, usually keep the foals and race them. Some of them will make the sales arena, but uh, your clients uh, are in the business of racing as well. They are, absolutely. And, you know, whether you breed a horse and the offspring ends up at a yearling sale or you raise it and keep it yourself, uh, the goal of every breeding farm is to produce successful racehorses. And, you know, again, it just works in our business model to uh, both for our clients as well as the, the, the handful that we own ourselves uh, to keep them, you know, give them a good opportunity to be the best racehorse they can be. Uh, and again, we just that that's worked for us for quite a few years, and we look forward to to you know <laughs> certainly we need you know, to adapt as the business changes. You know, we spoke of Maynard, we spoke of Mel, we spoke of Scott. Is there another generation coming along that'll be uh, involved in Hagemeyer Farms? There absolutely is, and we're very very excited. Um, my daughter Lindsay, she's the only child. Uh, she's 29 now. She was accepted several years ago into the College of Veterinary Medicine at the Ohio State University. We're very, very proud of her that she is uh, on track to complete her studies um, in May of this coming year. She's already taken her licensing exam and has passed that successfully. Uh, and even more so, she recently was offered and accepted a one-year internship at Rude and Riddle Equine Hospital in Lexington. I think anybody in <laughs> any portion of the uh, equine world is more than familiar with Rude and Riddle. And, uh, again, they were excited to, to have her. She, her passion is breeding and neonatal care, so she likes the babies. Uh, and that wasn't pushed. <laughs> I didn't push her in any direction at all. I told her to do what you want because, uh, you know, you're going to work seven days a week at it. You might as well enjoy it. And that's the direction she chose to go. So she's going to spend the next year getting a lot of firsthand experience, um, more so than what she already grew up doing. Uh, but she'll be down at Root and Riddle for a year. And she has ambitions of, uh, within a few years, setting up uh, potentially a, a veterinary clinic here at Hagemeyer Farms. The expanding so. 
Hagemar Farms in the next couple of years, probably. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So we're again, we're we're really excited to be, you know, not only have been involved in the industry as long as we have, but to know that there's still a future uh, for Ohio harness racing in the Hagemar family. Scott, how would you assess the state of harness racing in the state of Ohio? Well, I, you know, there's um, it's an ever-changing venue, and that's for certain. Um, you know, there's certainly some challenges that we need to work through, but there's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of upsides. Uh, you know, I can recall not all that many years ago, uh, back in 2011. You know, just as as our farm specifically which was prior to the VLT legislation. Hegemeyer Farms owned two stallions, and in the we stood two stallions, and in the entire season we bred about 20 horses total. 2012, with the passing of VLT legislation, we ended up with five stallions and bred about 140 mares that year. So a pretty substantial increase. Um, it's important that the harness racing participants be involved. We absolutely have got to take a vested interest in our own future. I know the Ohio Harness Horsemen Association does a really phenomenal job you know, pushing our goals through the legislature. Uh, we've got a great team you know, working on that, uh, but there's there's some challenges, and I think everybody that's involved in it knows what those are. Um, but Ohio, historically and even more recently, has been the number one state in the country for number of mares bred, number of babies raised, a lot of different racing opportunities um, between the sire stakes, the stallion series, the fairs. Uh, you know, the two- and three-year-old opportunities for racehorses in Ohio is very, very lucrative. And um, you know, But, again, we've, you know, we have some ongoing challenges we need to continue to be vested in and um, not get stagnant. We need to make sure we're moving forward every day and every year. And I'm excited to be part of the equation. Well, Scott, we appreciate you giving us time today. I know you've got a busy schedule. When we contacted you earlier today, you were out mending fences on the farm. So we really appreciate uh, being our guest today here on Top of the Stretch. Absolutely, Roger. Again, I appreciate the call, appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, again, you know, from my family to yours, we wish you guys the best uh, the holidays have to offer. And uh, you know, we look forward to an exciting 2021 season. Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horsemen's Association.